0: Okay, well, by the time this comes out, this will definitely be true no matter where it's coming out. Alright. It's Christmas. Wow, this is coming out like at Christmas? Well, I mean, it'll be out by the time December starts, at least for our patrons. By the time the free feed hears it, Christmas will be definitely in full swing. Okay, well, well,
1: Will, you're being... I I, I sense... I got my, my humbug detector out uh and it's blinking red i i I detect some remnants of humbug what's going on
0: by the time you hear this i'll be in full swing for christmas don't worry about it but it's just you know the the period between october and december people love to do this whole pre-christmas thing and i'm just like just wait wait till the first it gets its whole month you know (laughs) like just let me just let Let me be at peace before we have to really start thinking about Christmas because Christmas is great. It's just a lot of it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot to kind of keep it going. You know,
1: I bought my reef. They're playing the songs in the stores. I've had a gingerbread latte. I've I've been unfortunately infected with the the Christmas spirit. Well, I feel like once Remembrance Day, the only way you could sell me on this whole Christmas thing is if you and our american listeners won't know what i'm talking about but if you extended remembrance day uh by like a week and so it was like remembrance day week you know you had a whole week to ponder the evil that men do uh yeah. and rewatch band of brothers and then you know after kind of uh, that kind of solemn period you can then transition into Christmas. But I feel like it is a little bit of a backlash, uh, uh, a whiplash, rather, not backlash, a whiplash of, like, Remembrance Day ends, just November 12th hits, and they start playing that Mariah Carey right away.
0: <laughs> and I know, like, it, it, it's just, I, it's it's the way things are. It's just, I'm afraid that, you know, eventually we're going to get to a point where it's like, it's Christmas every day of the year, you know? It's, just, <laughs> it's like Timmy Turner. That Christmas
1: creep. You remember when Timmy Turner wishes for it to be Christmas every day? And soon he learns the folly of his ways.
0: I didn't know that that Timmy did that. I know that... uh uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie did that oh, in no. uh, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. It also did not go great for them. So wow. that's what I want to try to avoid. But it is it is Christmas time here on Elwood City Limits, the Episodic Arthur podcast, and welcome to this episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Will Young here along with Lucas Mancini. You know what, Lucas, I'll be more in the mood. Uh, I just noticed that they have the gingerbread bear paws out now. So okay. once I get my first box of those... I'm going to start to I'm going to bring it back around, you know?
1: Okay, okay, I'm happy to hear it.
0: Yes, for sure. Yeah, so we are continuing on here through season 19 of Arthur. And we don't actually have a lot to get to before this. We started off the season with a lot of pre-notes, but we actually uh, don't have very much to get out of the way, and in terms of getting out of the way, It's not that we get it out of the way. It's just sometimes I imagine that you want us to get right onto the Arthur of it all, and we will. But the first and uh, one of the most important things of the show is we want to say thank you to the people who support us over at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. Like I said, we don't want to get that out of the way. We want to make sure that we say a big hearty thanks to people such as Caitlin Harrington Robinson and Shayna Bennett. Thank you to Michelle Sprozinski and Ursula Catt. Thank you to Jay Wags and Eddie Castillo. Thank you to Americana Dream and to Maria Gisselquist. Thank you to Ryui and Nick Vuono. And thank you to Tiki Barberfan and to Iman Salehian. And if you want to be part of our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. We just had our latest release of For the Kids, a PBS Kids podcast, all about Let's Go Luna. That was a new one for Lucas and me, and that was a very interesting one. Coming up in December, as we mentioned in last week's episode uh it's going to be a little bit lighter in terms of the patreon schedule we're going to take a little bit of a holiday break i'm going to be having a text post coming near the end of the month that is ecl origins in nature so you can get ready to look forward to that it's uh represents A couple of years of work on my part. So um, I certainly hope that you enjoy it. And you never know, there may be a surprise here and there. And we've certainly got big things cooking for the Patreon for the new year as well. So thank you if you support us there. But also thank you uh, if you are listening on the free feed too. And remember, if you would like an email of yours right on the air... Uh, Elwood City Limits at gmail.com is where you can send in your correspondence. We always love hearing from you. But Lucas, this is another this is another double shot episode. We've got the, we've had the D double dose. We've had a couple of those. Last time it was uh brain squared, you might say. And this time it's um it, it's twice the Sue Ellen. I don't yes. really have a I don't our, have a our Christmas one
1: wish was me and Will, every year we ask the Arthur Gods. Arthur Santa, please, please, less brain episodes, maybe a fern episode, a Sue Ellen episode. Uh, We never got our Mr. Haney episode, but our Christmas present, our Christmas wish has come true. A double dose of Sue Ellen, which I think has been a long time coming in this kind of modern era.
0: That's a good point that you say that. I'm glad that you that you brought that up. It is it is not infrequent that we're just like, "Oh, I wish this character would get more time." And Suellen is often one of them. Now, Suellen does get a feature, I'd say one or two episodes per season, but this is uh two back to back. So, looking forward to to talking about it and see if well, frankly, if she's worth that amount of time. Let's start off with Sue Ellen adds it up. Now, Lucas, we I mean, it's no secret at this point uh, you and I have many skills, we come from uh, diverse backgrounds, but I think that n- neither of us are tremendous in math.
1: No, and it's actually, this whole intro um, is, I, I thought, uh, I, I related to it quite a bit in the way that Swellin, you know, it's not the same as... Um, the episodes that tackle dyslexia. Um, yeah, you could also just be not good at something, right? It's not necessarily a disability. Uh, math does not come easily to Suellen, or at least she does She tries as much as she can to not think about it. They kind of come back around and mention this later on in the episode where uh, Prunella talks about Suellen got a B on one of her math tests and she says, well, I had to study really hard. And so that's more so what she's talking about is it's not necessarily a learning disability. She doesn't have dysgraphia or whatever. It's more so that, you know, it doesn't come naturally to her. And so she tries to not think about it. Um, And this I definitely related to, you know, I avoid math in my day to day as much as conceivably possible, and through this kind of opening sequence, everything that Suellen mentions, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The part where Suellen's dad's putting up the pictures, uh, that's what my gallery wall looks for, like that's for sure.
0: <laughs> well, right. So we catch uh, Suellen here. It's in the middle of Ratburn's class. He calls on her to to solve a problem about area. Which, thankfully, I haven't had to think of in a long time. I didn't end up in a trade. I didn't end up having to use rulers uh, for my work. So I haven't had to think about that sort of thing in a long time. Sue Ellen excuses herself to the bathroom. And yeah, she... Speaks to the camera, saying that she's not a math person. No one in her family is a math person. A couple of examples of this, like you said, Lucas. Instead of using measurements, they eyeball uh, the picture hanging. Um, my my father in law tends to put up a lot of the pictures in my apartment, and he is a tradesman, so he knows how to get them uh, properly properly sorted, and uh, they look they look great. They all yeah, look great. He's
1: got one of those um, rulers with the bubble to make things are yes. level, a leveler, mm-hmm. if you will. I, and my level, levelers, my old two eyes, baby.
0: <laughs> there is also a degree of trial and error that goes into the recipes that the family does, which to me is actually the opposite. Like I said, I'm not a math person, but I tend to follow those instructions to the letter. I was just making, I was just cooking something new this week, and I'm very much like, I need to follow this exactly. It's when people are telling me that, like, oh yeah, just putting a pinch of this, or my mother will tell me, oh, you need about this much. I'm like, no, tell me exactly how much is needed.
1: Don't give me this about stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's, people who are more into cooking rather than baking, the baking-cooking dichotomy, is that, you know, the bakers out there, they love the exact measurements, the exact amounts, the exact numbers, um, whereas people who are... Wa- it's like EDM versus jazz, Will. You know, <laughs> the bakers, they're all into the theory of it all, and they need to have exact members- uh, measurements. The, the the people who cook out there, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, will figure it out along the way, throw some stuff in, experiment, trial and error... Um, that's, like that's that YouTube kinda, ad says, fake it till you bake it. Like, Oh, goodness gracious. I'm, <sighs> I've been lucky enough not to get that YouTube ad. My YouTube ad, well, quick aside, folks, because I feel like we're going to get through <laughs> these two episodes pretty quickly and there was no emails. Yeah. I get this YouTube ad for this Google Chromebook pretty much Throw every single time. Throw it back if you nasty. Okay. Uh, w- <laughs> Dust it like it's
0: elastic. Okay. Go ahead, break it down real low.
1: I pride myself... We run a clean show here, Will. It's the family-friendly... It's the number one family-friendly podcast in, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm getting the bleep button ready. Well, it's not a bleep button. I just want to say, one of the things that offends me so much about that ad is that if you really think about what the lyrics are saying, they hmm. want you to be sexually attracted to the Google Chromebook computer. Throw it back if you dasty. Stop playing with yeah. it. Red light, green light, go. They're trying to get me all excited about this Google Chromebook computer, which by the way, will is a product for no one. Okay. If you're, (laughs) let me, let me be clear about this. If you're someone who wants to do PC gaming, no one in their right mind has the money to, how much is a Google Chromebook? I'm glad I finally have. I've been keeping this inside for a while. So I'm glad I have a soapbox to talk about this. Google Chromebook. uh, I assume it's expensive because they don't tell you in the ad Chromebook cost. Because if a Google Chromebook is like $1,000, right. it's, it's sheer insanity that you would buy one to play video games on it. Because the whole point is that you're playing it, you're streaming the game from the cloud. The Chromebook mm-hmm. itself doesn't actually have the hardware to run the video game. Okay, so they're like 500 bucks, So... If okay. you Have five hundred bucks. Save up a couple more money to get a PS Five. If if you have a thousand dollars, my God, buy an actual computer. You know what I mean? Right. Like nobody who wants to play PC video games is like, yeah, I want to stream them from a server on my Google Chrome. Like, it's it's a it, you either want to get a Steam Deck or a real computer. Like it's solving a problem that nobody wanted solved. And right. if that wasn't bad enough, I gotta watch that ad. Where the guy is talking about, but the explosions, throw it back if you nasty. I, I don't want to throw it back. Stop talking about me being nasty. Stop but, but, talking about, but, quote unquote, playing with it. I find it disgusting. If I'm watching yeah, a YouTube wi- video in public, they're playing that song.
0: Winston, what's his name from, uh, from us? Yeah. The explosions. <laughs> so realistic. Are you gaming? Maybe. Uh, l- listen, listen. I have, I'm, I'm just looking around make sure nobody can swat me for this. I don't get YouTube ads on my computer, which is great. Whoa. I do get them on my PlayStation 4 and on my phone, and although I you, although you could hear you although you could hear the smile when I was singing that song, I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. I despise that ad and Lucas, you're not wrong. I like I also find myself thinking like, why is this song trying to sell me a computer? <laughs> What are they? What's going on? I don't here? Like, what, he gets all
1: breathy at the end. He's like, "Stop playing with the red light, green light, go." I'm, I'm like, g- st- I, it literally makes me go, "Ah, stop it!" Um, I got <laughs> to talk to you it after the sexy, show, bro. I got to talk to you after the show because uh, my yeah. YouTube tells me that I'm using ad block, and then I got to refresh the page. So, mm. I I don't know if you don't have an update or something, or if you're using a different browser than me, but we'll have to chat after the show. Yeah, uh, I can get that I need yeah, to escape. I, the, I need to escape these Google Chromebook ads. Anyway. Uh. Anyway, you don't need to be good at math to know that a Google Chromebook is a bad investment, like Sue Ellen.
0: That's a—I mean—that's a really good point. You're helping to save some money around Christmas time here. You should be investing either in better technology or in presents for your friends. And with Sue Ellen, like like she says, math isn't her thing. She's more into art. And this starts off with art. This episode does. The kids have to create a piece of art for a public area in the school. This is for their. Final project in Art Club. Uh, this is a bit of a return of a minor character here. It's, well, when we've seen her before, she's Miss Brian. But Sue Ellen refers to her later as Mrs. Brian. Oh, dang. The art she got teacher. married. She must have gotten married. Congratulations, Off- Mrs. Brian. a wedding congrats big congrats wedding season over here so yeah Sue Ellen is having a bit of a hard time picking there's an extended bit with Mrs. Brian and Muffy where Muffy's thinking of all these gaudy types of things I did like this exchange where Muffy's final question is intercepted Mrs. Brian says Muffy are you going to ask if you can paint the school pink I was going to say salmon
1: so, <laughs> not bad not bad. Muffy's uh, back to her we- whole self
0: We do have Prunella's idea as well. Prunella is the main supporting character of this episode. She wants to create paintings of jellied newts and candied beetles around the cafeteria in honor of Henry Scriver. But Sue Ellen is still having a bit of a hard time deciding. She comes up with inspiration at The Water Fountain, where her idea is that she wants to create a painting where she portrays the school as like a jungle watering hole to demonstrate... How we are all connected to the natural world, and then she'll hang it around the water fountain, which interesting, very interesting idea. And we see her hard at work on this. It is when she's gathering up materials for um, for her painting. She's getting it from the, your local arts and crafts store. That Prunella and her have a conversation about how Sue Ellen is just like ah, like math's not my thing, and Prunella's like, well but you use math in everyday situations. For example, the budget for these can't exceed $15. So she has to do basic math to make sure that she doesn't go over. Whereas Suellen's like, "No, nah, I'm I'm not really. I just kind of like eyeball it and like I don't think about it that hard." Uh another one is Prunella uh calculating time is another way in which you use math in one way or another or estimating a price or even through uh, measuring in terms of how big the paper needs to be uh, for behind the water fountain, she also tries to argue that using a number lock is mathematics. But Sue Ellen uses a letter lock. Is
1: that? Do they have those? Is that real? I, Gotta be right. I I, I assume so. Um, I don't know if you like spin the wheel. I don't know if you type a phrase.
0: I I feel I feel like at this point surely, but it it also seems very cumbersome for no reason i'm also like yeah do stu- do
1: students be using locks these days it's a good point
0: well not so much using locks but it's just like i don't know i feel like a number lock is is, is a really distant use of math you know you're just you're just identifying numbers i don't know like, if i would necessarily be, call that could, math
1: yeah they could be any symbol yeah you're not yeah mm, good point
0: so Sue Ellen, uh works on her painting, and it involves a lot of animals. There's a dream sequence oh, where a couple the way, of these animals. Yeah. Before
1: we move on, I forgot to. Of course. I, 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 we, we kind of glossed over. So in their opening, Suellen's describing all the reasons why she's not good at math, um, and she talks about there's a quick imagination sequence where she says that you know when Mr. Rapperin's saying something about math, it's like he's talking a different language, mm. and we kind of get this actually like represented in a dream sequence. The language that Mr. Rapper, sounds like he's saying, sounds like Arabesh, the fake Star Wars language. <laughs> like, he goes into full, like, Abu Dhabi Jupa Solo, like, like, Huttese? Like, yeah, 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 like, sorry, Arabesh was the written word, Will. I, I, thank you, oh thank you for God. calling me out on my Wikipedia, Wikipedia knowledge, um, it specifically <laughs> sounds like he's speaking Huttese, um, <laughs> I, I, it, it didn't really, it didn't
0: really catch me. It kind of sounded like lorem ipsum if you spoke it out loud. But I was, but okay, Hutties, um, wouldn't, wouldn't, have, it, it didn't come to mind. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Star Wars anymore. Sue Ellen finishes her painting. A couple of the animals that she creates have their own voices. Like the elephant has a feminine voice. The, the zebra sounds a little bit
1: New York, a little bit. And this has a purpose, too. This, like, imagination sequence where her animals are talking to us. It's to endear them to us for what's about to happen later on. You know what I mean? There's a narrative kind of setup to, like, why why is Sue Ellen tripping out and seeing these animals talk to her? Well, you'll see. There's a reason why they want us to care a little bit about these animals.
0: That's right. Because the whole idea is that Sue Ellen wants us behind the water fountain. The next day when she finishes her painting it ends up that they have to move the water fountain because a pipe bursts in it. So it's now against a completely different wall and the dimensions that she previously calculated for are all wrong. Like, it it just won't fit. It's too big. So she imagines that, well, she's going to have to cut an animal or two out of her painting, which she really doesn't want to do because she—it's she's an artist. It would compromise her vision, and like you said, she imagines the animals in her painting protesting being cut out, so the zebra just like, hey, don't cut me out over here, and the elephant is also very much doesn't want to be cut out either, and this is very troubling to her, but this is where Prunella and Math come in to save the day. They measure the space, the new space where the water fountain is, and they measure the painting, and the ultimate answer here is that they don't have to take a bunch off of one side, or a bunch from another side, they just take a little bit from both, and it's better than chopping off one side. So, like, it's a little bit of a no-duh moment, like, we didn't get to that ourselves, but it's a kids' show. It's fine. Like we had to, it, they had to kind of get there themselves. We all have that have that moment. So they're able to pair off both sides enough. It doesn't take away too much from the painting, and it's able to be, uh, hanged right behind the new location of the water fountain. Like like uh, you
1: said, it's a little bit forced. As in, you didn't really have to use math. You could have kind of eyeballed that as well and just been like, okay, I'm going to cut off the grass on the sides. But I don't know, I, I I suppose it's interesting that they're they're proving that you can use math to reach such a conclusion i just most yeah. i liked the the kind of gangster-esque threat of which one of these animals is gonna get the chopping block and the animals acting like they're gonna die you know <laughs> no please i'm so well drawn it's, is what the it's, elephant says it's very
0: it's very intense and it's and the idea is that Math is not just and then this is something that I think we all learn at some point. There's 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 two of these types of lessons that we learn from school is that there's a lot of math. There's I'll I'll say there's some math for any teachers out there. There's some math that likely you won't have to use in real life. Mm. However, there is some math or geometry or other types of math that you use more than you think you do. And I think that that's important to understand like for for example I've discovered in the past few years one thing that actually ended up serving me well again as I said before I was not particularly good at math it was a very uh, weak part of my school game but I I retained mental math really strongly and I have pretty decent mental math skills and that's a big help daily you know
1: well, it well, it could be, but, you know, the teachers always used to say, you know, you're not going to have a, a calculator in your pocket for the rest of your life. Right. Little did <laughs> they know. Ha-ha!
0: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You thought. <laughs> and, uh, the f- and we also get an ending to the Muffy story where her art project, she creates this dazzlingly bright halogen painting of herself. So it's like those... Uh, Light tubes in the shape of Muffy, and it's like wildly bright. And the button on this whole episode is that Sue Ellen dedicates her painting to Prunella Deegan. It's a rare full name for Prunella, who taught me that we are all math people. And Prunella adds to it and art people because Prunella, in the background of all of this, has been a little bit insecure about her own art project, but Sue Ellen is very complimentary to her. And showing that it's 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 really not focused on as much that like Prunella's on the on the opposite track. She's a math person, but she is artistic as well. She creates these little uh, sculptures for all of the ant- for the newts and whatnot that she's making. So it doesn't come across quite as strong, but it is a nice little tag. It's like we are all math people, we are all art people, and that's the little signing in the corner that Sue Ellen and Prunella do. And it's a, and it's a team that uh, that we're not used to seeing very much. We hardly have ever seen them interact on a personal level before.
1: True, and they 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 have a really. Like, it's a very pleasant relationship. We get a lot of Muffy as a friend in this episode, and it's kind of like some old-school season one Muffy, where you're like, oh my god! <laughs> They're more so tolerating her than enjoying her company. Uh, in both of these episodes, we're, uh, we get a lot of that from Muffy. And so this Pruella-Suellen relationship is is it's very wholesome.
0: Yeah, you're right. Supporting this podcast is how it keeps going, and it's very easy to do. So here's how you can do that. If you're listening to this show and want to get the full back catalog of Elwood City Limits and all of its sister shows and offshoots, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even more services. You can also go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Elwood City Limits, for the full back catalog. If we aren't on a service you use, please let us know. You can interact with us on social media. We're on Twitter, at ECL Podcast. Instagram, at at Elwood City Limits and twitch.tv slash Elwood City Limits pod for our occasional streams. We're also on Facebook and Tumblr. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or you can email us and your email might be right on the show Elwood City at gmail.com. Finally for exclusive content including entire side series like For the Kids a PBS Kids podcast and ECL Origins subscribe to us for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Elwood City Limits. That's all for now. Thanks a lot for listening. And now, back to the show. This is the rare time where we don't have a word from us kids, at least not with the uploads that we could find. So we're going straight into the second part of this episode.
1: (laughs) More time for me to complain about the Google Chromebook ads. (laughs) Please make it stop. Anyway, continue.
0: Yeah, really. And this is called Wish You Were Here. Again, it's about Sue Ellen. Her cold open is addressing us, and she's talking about, have you ever had an amazing experience when you were all alone? Hang on, stay with me. And you want to share it with somebody? Hang on. But it doesn't quite translate. So Sue Ellen sees a wonderful sunrise, or is it like sunset? Like like a wonderful, beautiful horizon. And it just doesn't translate when she's trying to tell it to Muffy. Because, plot point, Muffy is too interested in the Capri Devapita fashion show coming up.
1: Couple so Capri Devapita
0: returning to the show once again.
1: Yeah, which it's. It, I wonder if they regret naming her that because I feel like it gets more dated every. Like now that we're in 2015, it's like, wow, we're still talking about Capri Devapita? Uh, such a dated reference. Uh, I liked the, the really sentimentality of the opening. They do a good job of, through music and framing and the way they animate the sunset, kind of. Telling the viewer kind of how sentimental and important this sunset is to Suellen so that we get the same experience of when she's explaining it to other people and they really don't care, which you really, you kind of wouldn't if your friend was like, hey, I saw this really cool sunset. You'd be like, okay. Um, but to Suellen, who actually experienced it, that's that's what's not getting lost in translation for her. So, sets up the episode and the theme of the episode in kind of the perfect way.
0: Yeah, and it's, it, you know, it's like uh, telling a friend about a dream that you had, and it's like, it feels really important to you, but oftentimes when you try to tell somebody about it or translate it, it just doesn't quite come across as interesting as it did to you when you were living it. Um, this leads up to Sue Ellen getting and sending an email to Tenzin Wangdu, Tenzin, who is her pen pal at the end of Sue Ellen's little sister, which is... Many, many, many seasons ago. I forgot about um,
1: Tenzin. I, I, yeah. I, the way they talked about him, I was like, surely we've seen this character before. But you know, if you're asking me who's the best pen pal from Arthur, I'm like, oh, Dill all day long, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Tenzin, I don't even remember. Yeah.
0: Well, Tenzin. Uh, in case you, the listener, don't remember, at the end of Suellen's little sister, which is the episode where Suellen really wants a little brother or sister. Her parents' uh, compromise is that they give her a pen pal in Tibet named Tenzin. And the 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 button on that is Arthur being like, I think he's the perfect brother because he's 3,000 miles away. And that's really all we ever hear from Tenzin again. Uh, but this is where he's introduced as a character. I will also mention before we leave the cold open, uh, Sue Ellen is trying to talk to Muffy, who is... Uh, uh, thinking about the fashion show. Francine is talking about baseball. Fern is interested in a movie that has a zombie Sherlock Holmes and a vampire uh, Watson.
1: Kind of sounds a little cringe to me, Will. I'm not going to lie. Kind of sounds well, a little Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter, you know, pride and prejudice and zombies. It's a little not my cup of tea.
0: I I, I hear you, but I will... I will mildly stick up for *Pride and Prejudice* and zombies. It's a little bit better than you might think it is. I'm not saying it's great, and it doesn't it doesn't beat a *Pride and Prejudice* adaptation. But it, like, it's it's really it really could have been worse. Uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire on tour. I don't know. I've never seen it.
1: What about Jane Austen's *Pride and Prejudice*? Now there's a book, there's a novel for you no zombies what what greater zombie is there than the interpersonal lives of the aristocracy you know what i mean
0: english teacher lucas trying to get you kids interested Trying to bring it up to your level. Um, so, yeah, she says she says apparently very faithful to the books, which I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen anything like that yet. That doesn't mean that we won't. So Tenzin. Tenzin is coming to Elwood City to visit Sue Ellen because he's on a business trip with his father. He's coming all the way over from Tibet. We do see the... Okay, so... Like, continuity error. I don't know if this is really, really counts. So I went back to check this myself. At the end of Sue Ellen's little sister, which is season three or four I want to say uh, very early into the show's life cycle they show the photo of Tenzin uh, and in that photo he is a brown colored bear now he is a panda bear he is explicitly a panda bear because they recreate the photo from his first appearance so I guess they just wanted to make it a little bit more Tibet-y? Shrug? I don't know.
1: But, But he's from India right not Tibet like they're talking about Tibetan music and mountains and stuff but doesn't she say my pen pal from India? And they keep referencing that he's from India. I know they're really they're they're hmm. close countries, Tibet, and is also technically part of China, which would make sense if he was a panda bear. But isn't he Indian? Let's see. I'm Let's gonna, check the the Arthur Wiki. So the Arthur
0: Wiki says he is a Tibetan boy now living in India. So he's oh, coming from India. Okay. But uh, but he is Tibetan. Okay. So that we're, makes we're, a lot we're, more sense. Yeah, we're both kind, we're both kind of right on that one. So Tenzin coming to Elwood City, uh, when he gets there, he gifts uh, Sue Ellen's mom a kata, which is a Tibetan scarf. I did want to mention that Tenzin is played by an actor whose name is Yatharth Bhatt, and he previously played DW's friend from Africa, Sheik, in The Pageant Pickle, an episode okay. we did last season.
1: So they're just getting him, they're getting him to do basically any accented character. <laughs>
0: This this is his only other appearance as Tenzin. I will I I will say that this is I don't believe that we see Tenzin after this one. So enjoy him while we have him. So Tenzin's here. He's already very fascinated by Elwood City. Um, he's he sees like a factory and he's like it's like from a science fiction movie. Or he sees a coffee billboard and he finds it very exciting. I mean Lucas, we have in our kind of shared neighborhood there is a part of Dartmouth that really does look like a factory out of a science fiction movie so I like I'm fascinated by that and I'm from here so I get it
1: Uh, I didn't really understand that one but the next one will when they go to the world music festival which by the way swollen says there's Asian music Mm-hmm. I take a little bit of umbrage with this description. It's a, <laughs> Asia's a big continent, okay? Are we talking about Iranian music? Are we talking mm. about Filipino music? Are we talking Korean about... Korean music? Korean music? Are we talking about Russian music? You know, there's... there's Asia touches a lot of stuff. Um, So kind of a That's... weird descriptor. The other thing I wanted to bring up... You're getting all excited about this factory. Uh, when Tenzin's taking pictures of the sports cars... I was like, "Tenzin, my guy. He would fit right in in the car spotters of Nova Scotia Facebook group <laughs> I'm in, which is literally probably the only thing I use besides getting updates from the Elwood City Lib. It's fateful. It's the only thing I use Facebook for these days. Is posting in the Nova Scotia vehicle spotters Facebook group. <laughs> uh, and so I right. know I understand the thrill." of seeing a vehicle like this in public and be like, I gotta take some... And also the shame of explaining the people you're with to be like, sorry, I just gotta cross the street real quick to take pictures of this uh, mid-conditioned Toyota MR2. Just give me a second.
0: Right, so the idea is that Sue Ellen has... She is offered all of these things to do with her friends and Tenzin as well, but Sue Ellen's got a huge bunch of plans of specific stuff she wants to do with Tenzin. So, like you said... Uh, She takes him to an Asian music festival that is playing outdoors, and along the way we see that Tenzin's interests don't quite line up with what Sue Ellen has planned. So yeah, on their way in to see the music, Tenzin is fascinated by all of the rare cars that are in the parking lot, and he takes a lot of pictures with his phone, Um Later on, they go to a karate lesson that Sue Ellen seems to think that Tenzin would be very interested in, but she ends up flipping him, and uh, she doesn't know that Tenzin actually dropped his karate class and didn't stay with it for very long. So he's not very uh, um, interested or experienced in karate, as she would have thought. Uh, While they were in uh, in the karate lesson... We see later that Tenzin was taking photos of Francine playing baseball, and this is what we find out about him. He loves baseball. He talks about how he loves zombie movies, which again lines up with Fern's thing. And he even loves fashion. Uh, Muffy comes in to talk about Capri Divapita, and Tenzin immediately knows who that is. And so all of these interests that we've seen uh, Sue Ellen's friends talk about is actually what Tenzin's interested in. And this kind of throws Sue Ellen for a loop. She really thought that um, he was a bit different, I guess, or like she had a different idea of what he would like or what he would be interested in seeing. So she goes back to her old emails that she has sent to Tenzin and reading them back, she realizes that in a lot of them, she never really took an interest in the things that Tenzin talked about. She was never mean about it or anything, but she always ended up steering the conversation back towards what she was interested in, thinking that he would be interested in it too. And this is a mistake that I think a lot of us, I would say including myself, tend to make, is that you, even though your intentions are good in kind of wanting to introduce a friend to something that you like because you think it's really cool, you end up not really hearing what they themselves are interested in.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, she's not hearing him. And then we get that great moment where she goes through her emails. And this is almost like, to make it more sinister than it actually is, it's almost like this big kind of reveal. If you put different music under this, you could make it almost like a moment from The Shining or something, where Suella is realizing that she has essentially been ignoring Tenzin this whole time. Uh, it, almost to a point that be, Tenzin's really a patient... Kind of well-meaning guy because there's points where it almost could be construed as straight up rude. Like when he's like, "Yeah, yeah I don't do uh, karate, but uh, do you like baseball?" And she's like, "The mixed martial arts are obviously the superior sport." It, I'd be so it, that's so incredulous. I'd be so offended if someone like I was trying to have friendly conversation, especially with a pen pal, and they shot me down uh, in such a way.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you're you're right about him being very understanding. In that, yeah, I think a lot of us would be like, okay, so this person isn't interested in talking about me, or... It, it, like, this it, it, this isn't a dialogue, it's a monologue at this point. Uh But uh, thankfully, Sue Ellen realizes this. She realizes that Tenzin wants to see things in Elwood City that are new to him. So, you know, with the Asian music, like you said, whatever that means, it's like, yeah, he wants to see more of, like, America and what, what Sue Ellen is interested in. Uh So Sue Ellen... Tries to take him to the Capri de Vapita fashions show, but unfortunately, it is completely sold out because they didn't buy tickets in time. So Muffy shows up there, and Bailey has an extra ticket to get in. So Sue Ellen is very, very insistent, and this is part of the problem that we see is that Sue Ellen does, doesn't doesn't isn't listening to him, and he he keeps trying to be like like really no thank you but 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 and Sue Ellen's like no 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 take the ticket please go it'll be fine and then Tenzin has to go like look listen to me for a second. He says that he came here to see Sue Ellen, and he doesn't want to do things without her, and that's what he was trying to get across. Again, like you, like you pointed out, he's he's too nice. He's he's very uh, polite, and finally, he has to put his foot down to just be like, I want to spend time with you. I don't want to spend time without you, even though it is, like, cool stuff, and the episode ends up with them and... Gathering all of the Arthur kids together to play a game of baseball, which again is one of the things that Tenzin's really interested in, and he hits a he hits a home run, and all throughout this episode, ten, one of the things that Tenzin says is very awesome. So he'll be taking pictures and be like, "Very awesome," and he hits the home run, or at least a pop fly, and Sue Allen says, "Very awesome." So it's a it's it's a it's a positive ending, and just you know, add this to the list of characters who. I guess we'll just never see again. Mm. It's a lot. There's, it's like a character graveyard here. Not that they're dead, but, you know, it's just like, it'd oh, be nice if we could see him again. So, yeah, that's, a, that's our uh Sue Ellen two-parter here. And let's talk about, like, I guess if we liked it, and then if these are the kinds of stories we're looking to see from her. So the first one was Suellen adds it up. Having to do with math. Lucas, what did you think?
1: So it's it, it airs on the side of more educational than we usually like from Arthur. You know, this could almost be in a weird way a cyber chase episode. Um because we do actually get a moment a quick moment there where the episode grinds to a halt to explain some math. Uh, which is not something we usually go to Arthur for. Usually it's a little bit more nuanced, but the nuance is there in the overall moral, which is that Um, Swellen is not inherently... Everybody is kind of a math person in a certain way. Sometimes it's about adjusting your expectations. And, you know, you shouldn't write off a total skill for yourself. Um, Sometimes you need to adjust your thinking. You know, the old adage of you can't teach a fish to climb a tree, which I feel like we even talked about that uh, phrase last week. Um, And I just think it was nice checking in. This is... There's not a lot to say about this episode. Um, you know, these aren't your kind of Grandpa Dave's country farm style episodes where we're getting into these kind of deep emotional subjects. Um, this is more kind of run of the mill. What's going on with the kids at school? This episode flew by, um, but that's to say that it's pretty edu- entertaining, right? It's much more entertaining, in fact, than an episode of Cyber Chase would be. Um, and I like Sue Ellen and Prunella as a pair. You know, in the grand pantheon of what I'm going to think of season 19. I don't know if this is going to stick out for me, though, maybe a little bit more for me personally, just because there's so many elements of it that I found pretty relatable. The way Sue Ellen thinks about math is fairly similar to how I kind of conceptualize math. Um, and I, I do like any episode where the kids have to do something creative and seeing their posters and juxtaposing them against each other. You know, you see Muffy's gaudy poster at the end. But I don't know. It's 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 not an episode that's going to leave a lasting impact on me despite being entertaining. What did you think, Will?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that the biggest thing that I take away from this is that it's one of the few uh, definite like we really haven't had many Arthur episodes to talk about like a school subject uh, blatantly. But it's one of few episodes that I've seen that talks about math as a soft skill, you know, something that will carry over into areas of your life that you don't necessarily expect. And I think that's a good thing to introduce kids to. The idea that it's like it's not all gonna be, you're not gonna be constantly asked to do multiplication and division problems or word problems, but you will need to have some kind of a basic understanding of certain concepts in order to interact with systems that we use every day. And while it doesn't quite get in depth into that, I do like this approach of saying that, like, actually Sue Ellen, even though you consider yourself an artistic person, you use math in a lot of different ways. So I liked I liked that idea, and this is an interesting problem. It's very very low stakes, even though that you know they try their best with to to ramp it up as much as possible. And I, I not to say that losing part of your art is necessarily low stakes, but it's just like I. Ah, We've had bigger problems on this show, but uh, it's a good it's a good opportunity to show a rare uh, duo, as you said, between Prunella and Suellen. Really like that. Tried to say that five times fast. I guess their I guess their friendship name would be Pruellen or Suella. <laughs> uh t- take your pick uh and that and that was that was pretty good i i think we're a lot cooler with prunella than we used to be so i appreciated seeing her getting more of a sense of i guess she's more into math than other kids it's like all right i i did feel her her part in this was a little underbaked in terms of uh being more into math and being a bit more uh, unsure about her artistic side, I think we could have kind of explained that a little bit more, but otherwise, this, yeah, pretty good. And I agree that it probably just won't leave that much of an impression going forward. Um, I really, again, think that the show is using the long Arthur lore to its, um, to a positive in episodes like Wish You Were Here, when we just like, hey, we have this character that is tied to Sue Ellen years and years, like decades ago, that we're not really using, let's try and make something out of it. So Tenzin comes in, and... Yeah. He, I'd rather he, this
1: it, be Tenzin than it being, you know... Um,
0: somebody we just made up.
1: Or, well, the, the two new characters, Bud oh. <laughs> or Latana. <laughs> I'd rather, you know, fake accent or not, I'd rather be spending time with Tenzin, to be perfectly honest with you.
0: Well, sure, and it's, ju- it's just a little bit too bad that, like, every time we introduce... A new character or bring back an older character that really we make a new character out of an old character essentially like what we're doing with Tenzin is just like it doesn't go anywhere we just do it once and then it just feels like not a waste of time but I guess so much more could have been done with Tenzin I guess you know Adil got his own episode and I don't I don't think Tenzin is necessarily going to have that kind of focus which is too bad. But for what it is, I think that they did a pretty good job of making Tenzin stand out in just giving him all of these fun uh, hobbies and interests. Um, he is. There's not a whole lot of personality to him, but I do like the little idiosyncrasies that they give him. Like, he likes zombie movies, he likes fashion, he likes old cars, he takes pictures with his phone. Very awesome, that sort of stuff. So he will be, I think, memorable as we go forward uh, and we think back to an episode like this. And I. Again, it's a, it's, it's a moral that is not an outright moral, but it's the idea that like relationships, friendships need to be about give and take. There needs to be room for both of you to express what you're interested in and then for the other person to pick that up and um, not just express their, their own interests back at you or back at them, but to receive that and to either support them in their interest Uh, take interest in it It, it, this really touching on this more than anything but I think it's a lesson that you can learn at any age and I think that that's what Arthur's usually really good at so it it did feel both of these episodes felt a little bit slight in terms of there was in terms of the conflict or like having all that much to chew on like they weren't neither of them were especially like all that funny there were one or two good lines here or there But I do think that the stuff that they talked about, the subject matter, the moral, whatever you want to call it, was interesting, and I like Sue Ellen as a more worldly and even, you know, artistic character is someone that you can give a little bit more of a complex idea to, and it makes sense that it would be part of her story.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I enjoyed uh, Wish You Were Here more than the first episode, just because I feel like the moral of the episode is a little bit more of what I come to Arthur for. Um, very, you know, this is this is the kind of thing I haven't seen tackled in other kids' shows, which is, you should be, uh, especially if it's someone from not from your country, you need to kind of... Uh, not make assumptions about what they're going to be interested in or impose your interests on them or your perspective of their interests on them. Um, The greater moral outside of that is applying to just... You know listen to your friends and uh, try not to dominate the conversation and try to internalize kind of their feelings and be considerate of their feelings but then there's a specific moral as well which is I think people do this too with foreign exchange students or people who are not necessarily from their country they have all these preconceived notions and assumptions of what they're going to be into and that was, those end up not being true at the end of the day so I think that um, I, I the moral really kind of elevates this one but I also like the presentation and I liked the use of Sue Ellen as this character it's it's a it, It's a smart thing to do given that we look at Suan's background. One of her things is that she's so worldly and she's been to all these places and has all this respect for all these cultures. So you could see her getting really excited about, you know, talking with someone from another culture when in in reality they're interested in exploring the things that like elwood city has to offer that they're not used to so i don't know i i think they picked the right characters for this i think tedzen is is a different enough character that we have so little experience with he was a breath of fresh air uh in this episode um i really enjoyed the second one um a little bit more than uh sue ellen adds it up
0: yeah i would i would agree with that all right. Christmas continues on here with Elwood City Limits. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, it's a little, another little bit of a of a shorter one, but uh, we've got hopefully a lot more to talk about as the holiday continues on and more things keep happening. So, And of course, uh, we've been uh, lacking in the emails lately. Not that
1: not that you have to do anything as <laughs> long as you're
0: listening. We're happy, but ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com That's our Christmas you know, wish.
1: Suffer our yeah. sock with some tough emails.
0: Sure, let's do it. And of course you can also uh, follow us on all of our socials as well and uh, just uh, send us a message over there. It'll probably be me you're talking to, but you know, if sometimes the Christmas holidays eh, we feel different ways about it. So we we hope to be a fr- friend, two friendly voices in your ears as you go forward with your shopping or your preparing for family stuff or dealing with whatever you're dealing with this season. We've got a couple of more ECL episodes before we end off the year, and coming up next time We're gonna be talking about Arthur's toy trouble and spar for the course as season 19 rolls on Uh, I'm starting to actually get some of my uh, presents for my family and friends delivered and I just got one I I did a I did like a flash sale kind of thing Wario64 on Twitter told me about a Lord of the Rings board game that is like you essentially go through all three movies and you play against the game to try and win so my wife I got that from my wife and I not not like a present just like a, oh I got this in a sale and you know it's an early present for both of us we're really looking forward to giving it a try
1: consumerism folks it's what the holiday season is all about no i'm just kidding it's about sharing fun (laughs) moments with your wife and maybe having a dash of eggnog who knows
0: oh that's true i should probably put that on my grocery list too and just uh i was gonna say keep that in the back of the fridge but actually no that'll go bad quite soon so yeah thanks a lot for joining us for elwood city limits my name's will
1: young and for lucas mancini you don't understand my friend here is from india